Welcome to your podcast for College Catholics. I'm your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. First of all, I wanted to thank you all for listening to this podcast. And with your effort of listening and also passing it on to others, we've been able to reach 4,000 downloads, which is another landmark that I'm super happy to announce to you. So I hope we can continue providing good spiritual and doctrinal formation to many Catholic college students. There's a lot of other Catholic college students which we want to reach and many young adults out there as well. So today, I want to welcome a guest, Father Martin Latif. He's a priest of Midas Christi. Uh, he was born in October 30th, 1976 in Argentina, so his birthday is coming up. Uh, he entered Midas Christi right after high school. He came to the U.S. to finish his studies at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, Michigan, and he was ordained a priest on April 9th, 2005. And he was appointed by his superiors to continue his priestly ministry here in Michigan. Uh, in, two, in 2008, he became part of the community that started a new house of Midas Christi in San Diego, where he currently lives. So, and his, since his ordination, he's been uh, preaching a lot of retreats, spiritual exercises, days of recollection, and he's served many, many souls through the Apostle of Confession and Spiritual Direction, which are two things that we uh, highly value in Miles Christi. He worked in innumerable high school and college with innumerable high school and college students through retreats, summer camps, offering formation and spiritual direction. In San Diego since 2010 till today, he's been a chaplain at Cathedral Catholic High School and uh, since 2017 he's been also working with Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic uh, Students which has a ministry all throughout the United States. So with that, he's been traveling a lot through different states and ministering to college students and missionaries. And he's now one of the national chaplains of Focus. He's also been serving every week as a, a chaplain or part-time chaplain at the Catholic Center at the University of Southern California, ministering to the Catholic student body and all the student body there. So he will tell us today about his devotion to Mary, to the Virgin Mary, and what he recommends uh, and how he suggests that we should grow and in our love and our devotion to her. And just for those who are listening right now, I just wanted you to note that in our next episode, he will also share with us the story of his vocation and some highlights and experiences in his priesthood. So, Father Martin, welcome to our podcast, and how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Father Patrick. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. It's a pleasure for me. And what have you been up to lately? Well, actually, I traveled to Michigan a couple of days ago because we had our annual picnic here with all our friends, our lay faithful. So I came from San Diego to spend a, a few days with my brother priest here in South Lyon, and it was great to uh, see many familiar faces, a lot of people that I used to work with here in Michigan many years ago, and we have a, a one, we had a wonderful picnic uh, yesterday, and um, we. Uh, we had a wonderful time with our brother priests and seminaries. Yeah, it's, it was awesome to have you all here. It was a very nice day. And also many, many families, lots of people. There were, I'm not sure, I don't have the official count, but a, around 500 people came in and out, right? It was like an open house from, from 2 to 7 p.m. And it was like really fun. So I wanted to ask you today about the devotion to Mary because last episode we've been speaking about the devotion to the Virgin Mary and how she is properly so-called Mother of God or God-bearer, the Theotokos, as the, was defined in the Council of Ephesus way back when in 
431 AD, and since then, all Catholics believe in the Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and even from before, of course. So we also spoke about other uh, gifts that our Lord gave her, other privileges, like the Immaculate Conception, her perpetual virginity, and the Assumption into Heaven. So what I wanted to ask you to share with with me and with our listeners today is how is your devotion to Mary and how important it is for you, right? How did it come, how did it grow, and yeah, what 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 is your insight in that area? Well, I I did not grow up with a devotion to Mary. I remember I I was uh, always very close to the Father uh, since I was a child. I felt very close to to God the Father, and I always uh, saw God as as a kind, loving, uh, gentle Father. And um, then later I received First Communion. When I was in fourth grade, I was around about ten years old, and still uh, Mary was uh, not someone I was I was close to, and not because I didn't want to. I just uh, it was something that we were not necessarily close to in our in our family. I did not grow up, you know, praying the rosary or something like that. It didn't come naturally, let's say. No, it did not come naturally. Though the devotion to the Father, and then later through high school, high school. Uh, my devotion to to the Eucharist grew once I understood what the Eucharist was and wasn't the, the miracle that it is to be at Mass and receive Human Holy Communion. And um, after high school, I, I joined seminary uh, with Millis Christie. I studied philosophy, came to the U.S., studied theology, and, and of course, I read lots of good works by uh, saints and spiritual authors on our Blessed Mother, like the Glories of Mary by Saint um, Alphonsus. Alphonsus de Gaulle. Yeah, great saint. Yes, or, or True Devotion to Mary by Saint Louis de Montfort. And, you know, as you read and meditate with um, a lot of these great thoughts from these saints, you, you see that pretty much all of the saints have had a devotion uh, to Mary. And um, Jesus, Jesus had a devotion to Mary. Of course, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the first one it, ever. The first one to have devotion and love for, uh, for our blessed mother, for his mother, and um, and as I was reading all these books, uh, I, I, I intellectually I understood that clearly was it was so good and beneficial and, and and great to have a devotion to Mary, but experientially it did not kind of did not feel close to a blessed mother, and uh, it is something that you cannot just simply produce in you. It's it's a gift, you know, devotion to Mary. Just like everything, a faith in God is a gift. So you cannot some, somehow kind of bench press your devotion to Mary. It has to be right, a gift. Absolutely. And so um, then after, you know, I got ordained in 2005, and, and five years after my, um, you know, after being ordained, after my ordination, I, I had the grace of traveling to uh, Turing, where the shroud of Turing is, is kept. The shroud of Turing is the linen cloth that. We can say envelop the the body of our Lord uh, when He was buried, and in Jerusalem. So that still exists. It's incredible. It's just amazing to know that the linen cloth where Christ was buried is there in Turin. That's just yes. mind boggling. Yes, it is kept actually in the cathedral of of Turin in an urn in a in a side chapel, and every so often, usually uh, on Jubilee years, the um, the this linen cloth, the shroud, is is shown to the faithful. People can come and, and pray before the shroud and witness this really miracle because actually the um, the body of Jesus, the, 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 the image of the body of Jesus remained 
like impressed in on the linen cloth um, since the moment of his resurrection. So you can actually not only go and see uh, the stains of his blood, but also the the figure of of his body on this linen cloth. And so we we went there with another priest of our order, Father Caesar, who actually now is is in Rome, in our house in Rome, and also with a gentleman from San Diego, a, a friend of ours. Uh, we went to venerate this this beautiful. Uh, relic of our Lord, uh, because it was the year of the priesthood, and on that year, uh, Pope Benedict XVI had um, asked or permitted that the shroud be um, there in Turin for the veneration of the faithful and shown to to the faithful. So we went there, and we spent a, a you know a time of prayer there. It was a, it was a great day to be there. I think the day after we went to the shroud of Turin uh, to venerate the shroud, we we traveled to. Uh, a place in France, which is about four hours away from Turin, uh, which is called Ars, very close to mm-hmm. Lyon. And there we went to visit the patron of priests, who is St. John Vianney. And um, we, we went to, to pray to the patron of priests on the year of the priesthood, in the year of the priesthood. And um, we, we, we actually venerated his, his body as well, who, that is incorrupt. Actually, the body of St. John Vianney is incorrupt. It's amazing. He's like sleeping there. And ask for you know graces, you know, for us to be um, good priests for our Lord and for the faithful. So, incorrupt means just to those who are listening and have never heard that word uh, means that a, the body of a saint, after he is dead, instead of corrupting like anybody else in humanity after Adam and Eve, right? Uh, they do not, uh, let's say, decompose for some mm, gift of God, right? Or they decompose only partially. So you can still, they are exhumed, or exhumed, taken out from their uh, burial place, and in spite of the time and the years, they are almost perfectly as they were when they died. And that's what an incorruptible body is. And it happens to some saints. It's like a gift of God, that a sign of their sanctity, let's say. Yes, the, it's amazing. Their, their body does not decay, and, and as a, a gift of God remains there for our veneration and, and our growth in faith, actually. So, it was a blessing to be there with St. John Vianney, and then we went back to Turin, and the day after, uh, this this uh, gentleman who was with us had to come back to San Diego, fly back to San Diego, kind of, he had to reschedule his uh, his flight back because of, uh, you know, work, and uh, and so we were there with uh, my good brother, priest father, Caesar, and uh, we had a, a number of days that we could do something. We had a rental car, and, and there were different possibilities. You know, in Turin, you have uh, the places with St. John Bosco also ministered. But um, we decided to go uh, all the way to Lourdes, which is um, quite a quite a bit of a drive. That is awesome. Lourdes is awesome. Yeah, I, and we, we said, well, let's go to Lourdes and, and visit Our Lady. I had never been in Lourdes before. That's where the apparitions to St. Bernadette happened. Right? Exactly. I mean, this that's when she appeared to um, St. Uh, Bernadette um, Subaru back in 1858. And lots of miracles and healings happened. So uh, we drove all through the south of France. We went through Nice and uh, Lyon and Avignon, wow. Toulouse. Um, and uh, we got um, into uh, Lourdes uh, that same day in, the e- in the evening. And we wanted to be part of a procession that happens every day. There are like about 20,000 20, people every day there uh, in a procession on the square in front of the basilica, uh, people take uh, like candles, um, lit candles, and like a candlelight procession, praying the rosary in honor 
um, of Our Lady. So we we got some of these um, candles. We went to the procession, prayed the rosary. It was amazing to see the faith, the devotion of lots of people coming from all over the world to spend some time with Our Lady to pray, um, you know, to her and uh, ask for her intercession. And so um, after that, we remained praying in uh, what is called the Grotto uh, of Our Lady of Lourdes, which is the place where uh, Mary appeared to Saint uh, Bernadette Subaru several times. And uh, so we, we spent there about um, an hour or two praying and bringing to our Blessed Mother our intentions, just spending time um, close with her. And uh, uh, we, we were able to uh, even celebrate Mass there. It was very late um, at night in the evening. It was about uh, 11 p.m. And we had Mass in the Grotto of Our Lady, which is something that doesn't happen that often because the Grotto is kept for the pilgrims to um, you know, visit, pray, and and walk by the 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 grotto. There's a lot of um, ex voters there and uh, crutches and and things that people leave in thanksgiving to our blessed mother for graces that they were given. Maybe graces of of healing. Uh, and uh, actually, two weeks before uh, we were there, I was told that a person just simply went there with his wheelchair and he stood up and started walking. Wow, that's like a miracle right there, right there. You know, Incredible. just two weeks we were before we were there. So. We spent um, uh, another day there in Lourdes. Uh, so we went to a, a hotel we had rented a uh, room at, and so we, we, we came back the following morning, uh, had mass uh, there in one of the chapels uh, by the sanctuary, and then we spent more time in prayer um, at the grotto and uh, you know, bringing again our intentions to, to Our Lady. And so uh, at the end of that uh, second day, we, we walked you know, by uh, something that's called the Road of Bernadette. There's a blue line painted uh, starting at the sanctuary that leads you to two of the houses where she lived and to the uh, church where her baptismal font is, is kept. And so we we spent that second day in Lourdes. I you know I offered to a blessed mother you know uh, my intentions, other people's intentions, but particularly one intention I had that I, I brought to her. And then uh, we left. We we went back to Turing, and um, uh, sometime after our blessed mother granted that 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 intention that I brought to her. But not only she did that, but also my devotion to Mary started to grow. And I think. Um, lots of people come to Lourdes to ask for maybe a physical uh, or material blessing or healing. In my case, I think uh, uh, a huge great grace that I received was that was that maybe spiritual healing through which I was able to to grow in love and devotion and closeness to to Our Lady. So I was tremendously helpful for that, and that actually that that uh, grace. Uh, was followed by another uh, followed by another grace two years after I had the grace to uh, for the first time and my only time uh, so far to visit the Holy Land and when I was in the Holy Land in 2012 I visited um, a church called the Church of the Assumption where are you know uh, you 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 venerate the place uh, what it is to believe that our, our Blessed Mother um, went into heaven um, but uh, I was there. And, uh, and my devotion continued to grow in that occasion as well. And also in, in the area where our Blessed Mother lived in Galilee, um, you know, Nazareth, and, and where lots of miracles happened. So uh, I'm, I'm tremendously thankful to Our Lady to, for, for bringing me close 
uh, to her and for giving me the gift of of uh, coming to her with petitions, with intentions for for myself, for the people, for the church, because as you know, our Blessed Mother is the mediatrix uh, of all the of all graces. God has chosen her to be the one through whom all graces uh, come to us. So uh, that was a, a huge uh, gift uh, for me and continues uh, to be today. Very good. That is awesome. Thank you very, very much for sharing all that. That is so personal for you to, as well. So I hope also that helps many of us to grow in that devotion to Mary. So uh, I think that for college students, sometimes uh, this devotion happens with, like happened with you. It's not something that comes naturally. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So how important would you say uh, is the devotion to Mary in the life of a college student and how much he should, any college student should try to uh, grow in that devotion to Mary? I think it's, it's important for us to be close to Mary because usually we, we relate to, to God the Father as that paternal, we can say, figure of God for us, right? He is our Father. He, he's the one who protects us, who uh, leads us. Uh, he sees our um, you know, uh, paternal spiritual presence in our lives. And, and Jesus also is, is our, our captain, our leader, our redeemer, our savior. But it is important in our spiritual life also to um, have a maternal, a motherly presence. So just as God the Father loved the world so much that he gave us his only sons, son, also God and Jesus Christ loved us so much that in the cross, uh, while he was um, hanging uh, from the cross, he gave us our blessed mother, his own mother, in the person of St. John when he told St. John, behold uh, your mother. So it is, it is very good in our spiritual life to have, again, that maternal uh, presence, that motherly uh, presence of Our Lady, uh, to whom we could go for our spiritual nurturing. Right, Mothers nurture us since we are children, so it's good to have uh, spiritual uh, care and nurturing from Our Lady. And knowing also that, uh, again, she is the mediatrix of all graces. She's the one through whom all graces come. God has chosen her um, to um, be the one through whom all blessings come. So um, uh, certainly we we can come to her to ask to bring our prayers to Jesus, to the Father, to the Holy Spirit. And certainly it, it is something that Jesus is, is pleased because, because he wants uh, us to honor his mother. He's pleased when we care for his mother because he cared uh, about her first. And so um, it, we are honoring uh, Mary. And as we honor Mary, we are also uh, honoring and loving our, our Lord and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. So um, if, if we want to get uh, to receive some graces in a more expedient way, in a, maybe in a, most, uh, a more fitting way, in an easier way, it's like, you know, we, um, we go to a lady. Like when you, we have to drive somewhere, somewhere and you need to get someplace quicker or better or faster, you, you take the fast track or you take mm-hmm. that lane, that carpal lane or, um, well, uh, you take the, the fast track of our Blessed Mother that leads you to the heart uh, of Jesus. So it's, it's a shortcut, you know, to go to the Lord uh, through Mary. And that's why um, Jesus gave Mary to us. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given um, Mary to us in the person of St. John. If, he, if Christ has given us 
a devotion. If, if Christ gives us something, it is because it is good. You know, he gave us the sacraments, he gave us confession, he gave us the Eucharist, and so he gives us what we need um, to get to him um, better and faster and quicker and, and to be able ult- ultimately to grow in, in love, to grow, grow in faith, to grow in, in hope. So I would definitely encourage uh, college, college students to um, uh, be close to Mary, to uh, bring to her any, any petition or, or come to her for, uh, for Thanksgiving. Sometimes it is about thanking the Lord through Mary or just spending with time with her in friendship and just um, sharing with with her how um, you're doing in your in your day or in your week in your your month and uh, certainly uh, we in her experience a uh, 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 motherly presence uh, her maternal care in in prayer uh, at a set time of prayer or throughout the day we have someone to go to absolutely and also I think uh, sometimes in college what happens is that there are moments of serious anxiety. And many times you have your peers, your friends, but they may not understand what's going on. I don't know, you lost your, your dad or your mom or something happened and you feel sad and lonely. And, and sometimes college, the college environment can be very lonely. And to know that you have your mother in heaven, right? To know that she cares for you and she loves you just as she loved Jesus and the, that couple in Cana in Galilee that uh, she was concerned about them, that they didn't have wine, in the same way she's concerned about us. And when we feel lonely, we can turn to her uh, for, a, for a company, for consolation, for help, and for guidance. So suppose that I am in college, right? And I find it quite difficult to experience a natural inclination to pray to the Virgin Mary uh, or to love her like a son, like Jesus would love her, and try to imitate Jesus in loving Mary. What would you recommend that I do to grow in that devotion to Mary? So, uh, like anything, when we want something that is good for ourselves or for others, we, we come to our Lord, uh, we come to Mary herself, we go to another saint, like for instance, St. Joseph, because uh, Jesus has said, ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. He clearly, state, clearly stated um, that no, no father will give to a son a scorpion when he asks ask for an egg or um, a stone when he asks for bread you know or a loaf of bread or a serpent when he asks for a fish so uh, he says if if you he said who are wicked will give good things to your children when they ask for them how much more your heavenly father will give you you know the holy spirit and just like the father can give us the holy spirit um christ can give us our devotion to mary um, Saint Joseph can also intercede for that. Mary herself can give us that devotion, and and we will have our Mother in Heaven accompanying us during uh, those moments in which we need um, someone that that much maternal, spiritual, uh, motherly presence in our lives. Because uh, the reality is, like Mary is also uh, not only our mother but our friend, and we all have friends, and we ask some help to our friends when we are in need. Well. Going to Mary in heaven is asking Mary, our mother, and our friend in heaven to provide for us. And certainly, um, she is so close to to God in heaven that we want to ask for her intercession, just like when we ask any friend to pray for us and to intercede for us. And when we just simply want to spend time with him or with her, um, telling that good friend of us what's going on or what needs we have, uh, it's, it's good to go to Mary because she already knows what we need or what we want to bring to her. 
and our relationship with her, with her grows as we bring our needs to Mary. So that's one of the ways. You know, devotion grows also by seeing how she intercedes for us and how she really delivers and how she provides. And Mary delivers. That's a good, that's a good statement, a, a motto of this podcast. Mary delivers. Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, I think uh, that actually helps us grow in faith, that she really delivers, she provides, she intercedes. And uh, the, the proof of that is that we can experience in life those moments when she will, will provide. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That's really good. Um, one thing I've noticed sometimes, uh, I, and here maybe is a little bit the engineer in me or the, the rationalistic person in me, that there's a tendency to think that maybe the devotion to Mary is an invention of the Catholic Church or the Catholic priests uh, or something of recent years. Or maybe some other people said, oh, it was invented in the Council of Ephesus in 431 AD, as if the council had been the, the one who invented or was at the origin of that devotion, as if it hadn't been there before, right? So in that sense, I'd like to share with you and our listeners uh, two important discoveries that have been made in recent decades, and they're useful to know that the devotion to Mary is something very Catholic from the very initial, uh, first years and decades of and centuries of the Catholic Church. One of them is an Egyptian papyrus. So it's a little piece of paper, papyrus, right? Of the size of a, a big smartphone, like the smart, the iPhone 12 Max Pro, like that size, more or less, a bit bigger, maybe. Um, and it was found in 1917, so right around the First World War. Uh, and it was dated by some uh, scientists back to the year 250, or 280 AD, right? So um, that's way before, 200 years approximately before the Council of Ephesus. And that gr Greek papyrus has a prayer that is a subtum presidium, or in English, uh, we fly to thy protection. And the f that prayer says the following, we have it in our prayer book and Miles Christi prayer book. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. So that prayer is the most ancient prayer of which we have a record. Uh, of course, the Hail Mary is partially in the scriptures, but as a prayer itself, it was the, we don't have any record earlier than this other subtum presidium, the we fly to thy protection. And I encourage everyone to, to learn it and know that it's from you know, 250, 280. And the second thing is an, uh, when I visited as I had a grace also in 2018 to visit the Holy Land. I visited the, the uh, um, Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth. And there's the grotto there that is the house or part of the house where the Virgin Mary lived, where the angel, angel, Archangel Gabriel appeared to the Virgin Mary and uh, set, gave her the Annunciation, the mystery of the Annunciation, right? That she would be the mother of God and the word would, made, be, would be made flesh in her. So, obviously, that must have become a place of devotion, but the important thing is that uh, they found a, recently, in recent uh, decades, they found an engraved graffiti. So, that's someone who came to a very ancient rock, or actually it was a, the bottom of a column, and engraved uh, a graffiti, a, a, a little sentence, and it said, Ave Maria, in Greek, of course. <laughs> so, in English, Hail Mary, right? Uh, and that uh, has been dated back to around the 
fourth century, so before the Council of Ephesus, right? And it, that indicates that before that person engraved that, there was already a devotion to the Virgin Mary, and that's why that person went there and engraved Ave Maria there, right? So, and it's the uh, beginning of the announcing of the Archangel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary, Hail Mary, uh, you know, full of grace. And that's the beginning of the Hail Mary as well. So, um, that those two things are, if you want scientific uh, discoveries that help us realize the devotion of Mary is in the heart of any Catholic and should be in the heart of any Catholic. So, anyone, any last uh, thoughts that you'd like to give us uh, today? Yes, well, uh, just simply, if um, for those who are listening, if you want to grow in your devotion to Mary, I would just simply remember that it's not something that necessarily you have to have grown with. Uh, it can come to you later throughout uh, your 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 years in college, um, and or maybe after that. But it's important never to um, give up and asking for what we desire in in our spiritual lives. And also, maybe if you do have a devotion to Mary, it would be very good for you to spread it uh, to others to um, to encourage others to join you in sometimes. Uh, Praying to Mary or um, saying um, some, um, offering some devotion to her. Th- uh, three devotions that come to mind are the three Hail Marys. So when we end our day, it's good to entrust ourselves to Mary uh, every day before we retire uh, for the day. And then also uh, the Rosary. The Rosary is a great devotion that Mary lo- loves very much. He gave that devotion to Saint Dominic of Guzman uh, back in the 13th uh, century. And to, today it has been very much spread across the world. And uh, our Blessed Mother in Fatima recommended us to pray the rosary every day. And in Lourdes, our Blessed Mother was seen uh, by Sir Bernadette praying the rosary, uh, uh, and actually praying the rosary with St. Bernadette. So certainly the rosary is a devotion that Mary loves uh, very much. And um, a, a third uh, devotion that comes to my mind is the devotion to the uh, blessed scapular uh, of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. The, the, it is known as the brown scapular that our Blessed Mother gave to um, St. Simon Stock. Uh, and that's another great uh, devotion to Mary that we could um, have. It's, 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 the scapular is uh, a piece of linen cloth that we uh, wear uh, around our neck, and we can ask a priest to enroll us in the scapular, to bless the scapular and enroll us. So those are the things that come to my mind that we can uh, practice and, and even share with others. Uh, three Hail Marys um, in the evening at night, uh, the Rosary and the Scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Awesome. That's really, really good. Thank you, Father Martin, for giving us all these tips and all your story about the devotion to Mary. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today, for sharing your time with me and with Father Martin. And as I said earlier in this episode, next episode, Father Martin will be sharing with us his, the story of his vocation and any other highlights in his priestly ministry. So remember to share, please, this episode with your friends to help more college students to get to know and to love the Virgin Mary, our mother, more deeply. If you'd like to uh, encourage others to listen to this podcast, please leave a review in Apple Podcasts so that way others may be encouraged to listen as well. So we'll see you next week and God bless your day.